First guest of 2023. <laughs> Who do we call? It's Jan Olga Fjortoft. Wow. <laughs> right, with that introduction, but you know that you're our favorite Norwegian guest. Of course, by far. Right? By far. Yeah. yeah. As long as you uh, can't get Erling Haaland, I understand that. <laughs> I, until oh, we get Erling Haaland. Yeah. Or Martin um, Odegaard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get right into it. On the pitch, two draws in a row. Obviously... Mane, Mane's injury, Neuer's injury, you're coming back. There's always a slow start after the after the break a lot of times. Um, but they didn't look good. And they were saved by Joshua Kimmich um, at the end with, to, to, to salvage a point against Kovac. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think I think the first, uh, the first game against Leipzig, that was a good point for them because Abel Leipzig is turning out to maybe be the main challenger there and on fire, Marco Rosa get them going. There are a lot of match winners going forward. So you just understand that they will make a lot of points uh, in 2023. Uh, so that was a good point. The, the, the game against Cologne or Köln, was different because in the first half they were they were weak. I mean, Köln coming with that self confidence from from the seven one against Werder Bremen, but still Baumgartner had them going. And in second half they were better without creating too many chances. And but you know they 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 need something special. They have some special special players. And that goal from Joshua Kimmich one minute before the end was uh, that was a class goal. One of the contenders for the goal of the season. A, definitely a class goal, Jules, but also uh, a low percentage shot. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I mean, I, Jan is right. Uh, Leipzig, as we said on the, on the show, Monday, you know, that was a good performance. And in the end, Leipzig are a good side. It's not a bad point. Here, though, it's a different story. Um, and on top of that, there's all this stuff happening behind the scenes, which isn't good. There, there's the issue with, obviously, Neuer's out, his long-time uh, Bayern's longtime goalkeeping uh, coach, uh, Tony Tapalovic, who is very, very close to him. Yeah, he's best he's player, been yeah. fired. Um, we'll get into the reasons why in a minute. And then this incredible deal with, with Serge Gnabry. Yeah, he went to Paris for the Fashion Week, you know, as as you do. Yeah, some people go for the NBA game. Yeah. Other people go to the Fashion Week. Different exactly. structure, different folks. Yeah, exactly. Except that didn't really go down well with Hasan Salihamidzic and the sporting director of Bayern, people in, in Munich in general. This is... No, what we do, the lack of discipline. I mean, Salihamidzic is just hammered Gnabry publicly in his interview after the after the Colin game, uh, which I thought was a bit maybe taking a little bit, right. but maybe over, like you know overblowing it. I think. Yeah, can you? He only went from Munich to Paris. It's not like if he traveled to Australia for twenty four hours. No, and Jan, can you put some? Can you shed some light on this too, in terms of footballers and what they're allowed to do with their free time, which also ties in with Neuer, of course, which we'll get to later. But I mean. There is a way of going to Fashion Week where you travel to Paris. I mean, maybe you fly, take the train, or whatever. Yeah, you private jet. I would think. You eat, yeah, you eat 
good food, uh, but you do it responsibly. You sit in the front row politely. You you watch the nice dresses or nice clothes or whatever the hell it is, whoever shows you went to, yeah. and then you went back. It's not like he decided to go out clubbing till four o'clock in the morning and dancing with the supermodels, right, Jaron? Well, first of all, dancing with the supermodels is not that bad, but uh, I think it's, <laughs> it can it's, be good cardio. I, yeah, I think that I think it's about reading the room, boys, because I think that. What Sergei Gnabry, they just come from now for a, what the Germans call a big evaluation, all their task force, everything that went wrong at the World Cup. Then they're going into the season uh, and, and Bayern, they're just waiting for that chance to have a go at things like that because Salahamisic, he has a mission. He wants them to be better in terms of attitude. You had the Manuel Neuer case where he didn't do what he should, was supposed to do. He's out of it. So I think that Gnabry, yes, it's easy to say that he was only going to Paris. We all love to go to Paris. But it's something about the signals that set for a performance group like Bayern Munich. And remember, one of the biggest challenges now with the modern football, and back in the days when we had days off, we went to the pub maybe and we stayed maybe a bit too long. But now it's a lot, a bit of high-profile managers in the big English clubs. And I've heard, I've talked to players about this. So they they won't be told three days before that they have a day, day off. The, the manager don't dare that anymore. Because if you tell in the dressing room in two days' time, you will have two days off. Then, then they will take up their phone, put the private jet out, and there is no limits for where they can go. Yeah. We go to south of France, we go in this and that. And one of the reasons when you see the program, especially in England, is that there's so many games. So the days off should also be used to get more energy. And I'm not sure yeah, it, you get a lot of energy in Paris, but not that much. <laughs> I mean, Jan alluded to, 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 to it there about Salih Amidzic, the, the sense of, okay, who's in charge here, reading the room. Mm. Um, from what we know, I remember he was in Arsenal many years ago and, and whatever. I never saw him as somebody who was... Kind of problematic that way. No, I agree with you. But I also think it says a lot. Do you remember when when Sergio Aguero, back when he was at City, when he flew to Amsterdam for the day, as you do, to, to go and see some cumbia concert or whatever yeah. he's into, <laughs> and then he was going to fly back, and then he, he got involved in a car accident on the way back. Yeah. He wasn't driving, whatever, and it was just fine. I mean, there was no issue there. I don't even know if if he needed permission from the club or if he got permission from the club, but City totally went to bat for him. Here, it means a lot when they don't go to bat. And when, mm. I mean, we in the media, Jules, yeah. Sadia Mijic really going in really hard. Yeah, really hard. Two-footed, you might say. Yeah, two-footed. Uh, I mean, knowing his temper and Jan knows him better than us, it might be not surprising. And he felt like Nabri didn't have the permission to travel, a bit like Chouameni didn't have the permission from Real Madrid to travel from Madrid to Paris. It felt Madrid like, or again. do we know? Do we know? And Jan, do you know? Jules, do you know? No, if you have permission, no, but, no, we, we don't know. We don't know 100. But I think it's worth to say uh, that sometimes, you know, in a team, we are all equal, but are some more equals than others. And I, I do see that when a leader like Salahamidzic is having a go at any of the players, there are two players he always single out. That is uh, Gnabry and Leroy Sané. Yeah. Uh, and I, that is one of the reasons, because if something happened with with, uh, with the other boys, they, they are easy targets for him. Uh, and Gnabry and um, Saner could be because of their body language, because then you can see so when they're not feeling good or doing well, well uh, on the pitch. But I think that 
uh, I, I won't excuse Gnabry on this one because I think that that like we talked about, this is about uh, the, the analyzer you have of the situation. And I think I see, I think Gnabry shouldn't have done it quite easy. I mean, he's a professional footballer. He has to prepare. There are so many games coming up now for, for Bayern. So call me old-fashioned. Go rather to, to the fox and hounds farm in the neighbor village and do that. <laughs> well, I, but, but, but I wonder, guys, if, I mean... There, he's right. There, there are different rules for different players. Yeah, Not everybody. Yeah, and look, sure. I think in some ways it is smart manager. Diego Armando Maradona famously got away with a lot more than Bruscolotti would get away yeah. with. <laughs> but I also wonder, from the perspective of Bayern, when I project forward a couple of years, who are my important players going to be? In other words, a couple of years, Neuer, I mean, we don't, hang on, we'll get them, we don't know if he's coming back. Muller will be a lot older, not as important. Who's going to be important at this club in a couple of years? I would assume, obviously, Kimmich and Musiala. But beyond that, the ones that we know that the club are heavily invested in because they spend a lot of money on them and they're on big wages are Sané and Gnabry, those two guys that Jan mentioned. I mean, unless there's somebody I'm forgetting. No, 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 because there's not that many German players anymore anyway, to be fair. Uh, And Gnabry is... I mean, there's a contractual situation there to, to be resolved as well. It's just... If you think about, they went on to this winter training camp, summer training camp, obviously in, in Qatar. On the back of that, Salih Medjic was like, who loves talking, as we know, was like, this was great. The boys worked right. I love a training camp because you get all together. It's brilliant for team spirit. He was going on and on and on and on about that. Two draws in a row, not playing well at all. And you could say that against Leipzig, maybe lucky to even get a point, And certainly against Korn, lucky to get a point. The Gnabry issue, the you know the the Neuer kind of Tapalovic issue in a way as well is there. There's clearly a lot of unhappiness there. Nagelsmann changing two players at halftime in the Con game, and in three weeks' time is the PSG Champions League game. And if they get knocked out by PSG in February, February and March, then you can just imagine the crisis and maybe the repercussions for Saliamidji. We saw Uli Hones the other day, Jan going on television, doing like, you know, talking about Harry Kane already when Uli Hones is not really involved in the club anymore. It's not, it's nothing really, not technically. And you just think like, okay, this is FC Hollywood for a reason because there's always a bit of drama somewhere. And now it started maybe even earlier than we thought in this new year. It's weird. We have these stereotypes of of Germans, ah, planning, discipline, blah, blah, blah. But then in the end, you know, you mentioned there, it, been FC Hollywood for a long yeah, for time. A long time. Um, and by the way, it's not just them. Obviously, Borussia Dortmund, we tend to giggle about them yeah. almost every week. Yeah. Um, and on top of what Jules said, Jan, uh, we have the situation where, of course, this this weekend, um, they Bayern may not, Bayern may be joint top uh, at the top of the yeah. table this weekend because they travel to take on the mighty Eintracht. Mighty. Um, <laughs> and of course, Union Berlin, equally mighty, yeah. just three points uh, behind uh, how big a threat is this Eintracht game? Well, I think in the, in a, in a position they're in, uh, everybody will say it's so typical of Bayern then to win 4-0 and Gnabry probably score two. I mean, that is the Bundesliga. <laughs> but if you see the Bundesliga table at the moment, there are there are four or five teams very close. So we can hope that at least two of them will have some good, run, good runs now that Bayern will be threatened. But Eintracht Frankfurt, they, they had a... Kind of lucky they should never win three 0 against Schalke. Kevin Trapp was one of the best players in that game. Then they they uh, they had a one one uh, at Freiburg. So I think that Glasner and, and Frankfurt, what they have learned to do is to go to places like Bayern and play play their game. I mean they they, they play 
play a, a great game. They are there no worries in their game, and I like I like that attitude, and I think that could play for them uh, in in Bayern. But we all know when that lion Bayern is uh, struggling a bit, there is some dentists coming and brushing these teeth yeah, the and they're attacking. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? I, I Because I'm old and because somebody reminded me of this just before we started taping, <laughs> uh, I believe Eintracht Frankfurt uh, beat uh, Bayern at some point in, in the mid-90s with, uh, with a phenomenal <laughs> Late goal, yeah, late winner. That's right. Well, no, a yeah. tall striker, and I believe they have a, a tall, athletic, uh, very handsome striker right now who scored, of course, against uh, um, against Freiburg and well, Colo Freiburg Muani. As well, why didn't do that? Could World Cup final? Could Colo Muani? Yeah. Is he yeah. on August Fjordov again? Yeah, my, my, I, I can't remember that game. I can only remember <laughs> that there was a Norwegian who who chipped a goalkeeper. <laughs> that goal. That goalkeeper wasn't that good. It was only the best in the world, Oliver Kahn. So we, we shouldn't talk Rune about... Rune uh, Bratzev? was still a Werner Bremen. He was playing, okay. but he, he was he was there. But but uh, you're right, Muani, what a player. And Jules, of course, will, he will always be remembered <laughs> for that World, World Cup final. But Why? Muani, I... I mean, but, but boys, he will... I mean, how much will he go for this summer? How much will he go for this summer? He will be one of the... Yeah, yeah a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, call him one. Yeah, they signed him on the three from Nantes, and we saw the story during the World Cup. You know, a very late bloomer, nobody yeah. really went to an academy, and then at Nantes, after being on loan to a third division team, really now exploding at Frankfurt with Glasner. I think he really enjoyed the the team there, the city, the the, the environment. He's been great at assisting goals. He's been great at scoring goals. He's been great in Europe. He's been great domestically. I think it's six goals and ten assists uh, this season. Yeah, 16 yeah. goal involvements, as the yeah, kids yeah. like to say. Let's get back to Bayern because, let's face it, there's a lot more Bayern fans out there than Eintracht uh, uh, fans. <laughs> to light. Uh, but it's true. Uh, is Tony Tapalovic... That's an amazing story. Okay. Other than the fact he's got an amazing name. But... Um, so this guy has been at the club as a goalkeeping coach yeah. uh, since 2011. You mentioned it super tight with yeah. Manuel Neuer. Best mate. Um, the reason he's been let go, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jules, is because the club found that he was sharing in for private conversations within the coaching staff mm -hmm. with some of the players. Yeah. Or as players plural, obviously your first instinct is gonna it's player singular, and it's the blonde goalkeeper that <laughs> apparently that loves skiing. Um Jan. It strikes me it's a kind of infraction that, you know, if you want to keep somebody, you look the other way. If you want to get rid of him um, and send a message, perhaps, here's a good reason to get rid of somebody. Am I wrong in the way I'm reading this? No, you're not at all. I think that uh, what, what they, they told he has done, talking to players, he's probably done that for 12 years at Bayern. So this was just, it was all about the timing and what they did. I think that a big challenge for, for that kind of relation, not only did he come, he came at the same time from Schalke with, with Manuel Neuer. So you can understand that, uh, uh, that the manager will feel threatened, that there is an institution in there with a goalkeeping coach that is a part of the coaching staff and still so close with the player. Uh, so that was one reason. It was also the reason that Nübel, the goalkeeper who is in Monaco, complained that he never spoke to him, which is bad because he is on loan from Bayern. That is bad. There was also the thing that he never trained the young goalkeepers at Bayern, that he was only concentrating on Neuer, maybe Ulreich, 
uh, the, the assistant uh, or the reserve goalkeeper. So there were a lot of things. But Gab, what are you writing? If you want to get rid of someone in a dressing room, you will always find a reason to to get rid of you because there is always things like that going on at the football club. So I, I'm coming going back to my, my, my first point that I think that they now feel, I mean, this is a great, this is a sign that Manuel, Manuel Neuer's standing is not the same at Bayern. They are, if I may say, pissed at him because he did a bit of skiing. And they also have a fear that he will never, or they will maybe thinking that he will never play for Bayern again. And that's why they brought Jan Sommer in. Let's go back to this point about, about Manuel Neuer and what, uh, well, first of all, just as a reminder, he after the World Cup, he went skiing and he suffered a very, very bad injury. He's mm-hmm. certainly not going to be back uh, this season. Mm-hmm. In terms of the repercussions of this, there's several layers to it about, you know, what you should as a professional, what activities. I mean, like, you can be the best skier in the world. It's still something yeah, there's a higher risk, risk yeah, than sure. playing golf. Yeah. You know, although Gareth Bale might, might, yeah, might, sure. might beg to differ on that one. Um, but... There, this is very loaded. Should it turn ugly? And should it turn ugly? And I'm going to think like a lawyer, right? But don't so, you think he's turning ugly now? With the oh, it's already ugly, but yeah. it could get a lot yeah. uglier. Yeah. And the reason I say this is that because of Neuer's injury, Bayern had to go out and spend eight and a half million euros to, to bring in Jan Sommer, right? Because had they continued the rest of the year with Sven Ulreich, who knows where, they, where they'd be? No disrespect, Sven, right? So that is a cost. There's the cost of Sommer's contract, as well, mm-hmm. on top of that, there's the guy, there's Neuer's mate who they just fired, who clearly not Nagelsmann's favorite, and yeah. yet was part of Nagelsmann's staff. I just wonder if at some point some lawyer, some vermin lawyer, as many of them are, comes out of, comes comes crawling out from under his rock and says, yeah, wait a minute, Manuel Neuer, you have cost this club $20 million? Because you were irresponsible. Now there was no clause. We, we, yeah. Reportedly, there is no clause specifically banning him from going skiing. Many clubs do have certain activities like going skiing or riding a motorcycle above a certain amount of CC. Apparently, reportedly, Bayern do not have that clause, but they do have a clause about Joel's dangerous behavior, right? Yeah, but technically, it's not a breach of contract. The fact that he went skiing, it was not forbidden for him to go skiing. But a lawyer can yeah. go and argue. Yeah, I'm not sure he would win, though. Well, we don't know, but. I'm saying, could we reach a point where Bayern feel like, you know, and Bayern have shareholders, by the way. Yeah. And Bayern are very proud of the fact they've been profitable all these years. If this cost them X amount of money on top of it, I mean, could we reach a point where they, Jan, where they go out and they scapegoat? Or if you don't well, know the word scapegoat, but they hold yeah. Manuel Neuer to account? Yeah, and to, be, to make it even worse, if this was an American drama, we'll have a lawyer and he will say that these 20 million will lack them in the transfer window, which means that they will not get the success, blah, blah, and so on. So, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I think that I, th- I think that that is sorted. I think that uh, Bayern will be very annoyed that they didn't have that specific thing. Back in the days when I played, we had that as a line in our contract. I remember going summer skiing in Norway and I told him, if something happened to me, make sure that you take me to a football ground that I lie down and take off my skiing clothes. Uh, so, uh, there is a, <laughs> there is a, so so th- they don't have that. But, but I think that what I have done since that and Manuel Neuer being a very, very popular Bayern player 
He is a leader in the team. He was a leader for Germany. We remember all that. These action they did. He and Goretzka was the one who was doing it very influential. So this is also a power battle in Bayern. And by taking out the goalkeeping coach, I think they are they are doing that strong as they can do in the in the present situation. Oh wow, do they go for it? Manuel Neuer, I mean. 12 years at the club, won everything, very influential, and they take out his best friend, his goalkeeping coach. So they are very, very annoyed what what Manuel Doya did. But, but I mean, we don't know when he's going to come back and that injury might be even worse than what we thought mm -hmm. originally or whatever. But nobody's going to come back from his two-year loan at Monaco in the summer. Right. You'd have... You'd have I mean, Zoma is more than a number two. He's really a number one. You can say that he hasn't been as good as as Neuer. He's not. He's he's a little bit younger, not much younger, but a little bit younger. But you could you could he could be a number one at Bayern without problem, and nobody would say, "Oh, their goalkeeper is yeah. not good enough," right? So if you know you, you look okay. They've sacked Apalovic. They've signed a guy who can easily be the number one here. Plus, they've got the next Neuer really right. coming back coming back to the club. So he must feel like okay, this is they don't want me anymore. I'm not welcome anymore. Whenever I'm I'm coming back from my injury, and I, think I don't think I don't think Nubel will never play for Bayern. I think that uh, that won't happen. I think they they had the idea to do that, but if you see that uh, uh, discussion has been discussions, as we say in a marriage, <laughs> which is a quarrel. Uh, I mean, there was everything Nubel did and said. So I'm not sure that he is coming back. Nubel also see that they brought in Summer. So you don't, uh, you don't think that Tapalovic was the problem? That maybe now that he's gone, Nagelsmann yeah. said to Nubel, "Listen, you come back. You and Sommer will fight for who's the number one. You can still play a lot." I mean, I agree with you. And Nubel hasn't been that impressive with Monaco, and he's been good at times, and he's made a lot of mistakes at other times as well. Yeah, but it just—I don't know. If you know it just looked like mm, it's time yeah. to turn against you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that when Bayern at the time, there was a lot of discussion in Germany, was it the right thing to, to take Nubel? Remember then, apparently Salah Hamidzhev told them you get so and so many games. And Neuer said, no chance, my friend. You won't get any. I will play a Rotweit Essen away in the first round of the German Cup. There was no <laughs> chance that... Uh, so so I'm, I'm not sure that they can mend that. But, but, uh, but Jules, I agree with you. Maybe this by firing him, saying that, a part of that was Nubel's complaining that they were never in contact. Maybe that is to try to build a bridge to Nubel. Mm -hmm. But Nubel will also see that in Jan Sommer is not, uh, at That's the moment, Nubel is not better than Jan Sommer. But remember, okay. we had Jan on when there was all the contract situation with Neuer. Because remember, they took a long time for him to yeah. extend his deal. You know, and there was mm -hmm. a point where we wondered even if he was going to extend and stay. It's two years after this one, right? Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. The, so, the was, so now he's still, the, he's still okay, like contract-wise. <laughs> It, it is, but as you know this, Jan, if you if you can't play, if you're injured for more than six months, uh, they can start a procedure to rescind your contract. Now, the reason clubs don't do that is because it's not a straightforward procedure, and yeah. obviously they want players to be able to come back. But six months is a tipping point. And in the meantime, they say, well, we have Sommer for you know who's 36 will do us for another couple of years we have nubel as a backup maybe nubel comes back after summer leaves well, who knows right um hey you know manuel can we be grown-ups about this what if we just cancel the last two years yeah, of the like contract 40, you're 45 now like, we'll, 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 we'll save this money on you. <laughs> no and you can go and you can go back you know see if they'll take you back at Schalke. i'm sure they won't but you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's that kind of situation where it could reach this breaking point and i just find it extraordinary yeah. Because after Thomas Muller, 
I maybe you know this guy's. You see him as Mr. Biden. You remember back when he joined from Schalke, and it was this massive betrayal mm, of uh, because of his links to, to because it was just love for Schalke and Schalke fans. And I think he he dealt with all that bile, and he went to Bayern, and he won everything that there was to be won. For it to end like this, it, it was just yeah. it would just be pretty horrendous. Yeah, but I, I think that in every war, in every discussion, we always look for an exit. And I, I think that is one of the exits that you can you can sit together as grown-ups. But I think in a moment, you fire his best friend and goalkeeping coach. I mean, I think that train is gone. Yeah. I think that Manuel Neuer will now sit somewhere or train somewhere or whatever he is for his rehabilitation and think, you know, they will not get it easy with me. I got more years on my contract. There is more money, blah, 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 blah. So I don't. I think that for the time being, that train has gone and Manuel Neuer is not on it. All right, final point on this. Bayern going to Bayern um, because there's reports that they went and they've already reached an agreement with, with Conrad Leimer mm-hmm. uh, from next season. Now, this business... We've seen it happen so many times, yeah. right? Sabitzer, Bamikan, uh, all the way back. Uh, Neuer, back yeah. in the day, of course. Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann. Well, Nagelsmann, at least they paid for it, right? Yeah, but still, but still, but, still Nagelsmann, they take the best coach that could challenge them. Yeah. This doesn't sit well with a lot of people in the Bundesliga. You probably... People have grown accustomed to it, so it's, you know, it's kind of like sort of the frog going in, in the boiling water. But... Yeah, I'm just going to ask you flat out. Does this leave a bad taste in your mouth? Is it somewhat unethical to you that you have a league where somebody says, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just slow roll my contract and wait and go join a rival in one go. Yeah, yeah. But but, but first of all, it's interesting to see that if if people were going from Manchester United to Liverpool all the time or from Tottenham to Arsenal all the time. On a free, yeah. Yeah, on a free or whatever. And, and Bayern have done this for years from Werder Bremen over Dortmund, now Leipzig. They just take the best players away. That would make a bad, bad taste for you. But we all know, and I say that in a friendly way, that we all know that the German football is Sopranos. Sopranos, and there's run. And you can also <laughs> see now, you know, and when they also see now, they have a task force. And then Tony Sopranos comes out again. They are here. They're the same people who's been here for 60 years. They're going to now say what we're going to do the next six years. And that is Germany. That's why I love Germany because I love Sopranos. I love football there. But I can do understand when we're on Twitter or social media, have to have a fight with everybody saying that this Farmers League kind of thing, that they just take the best player. They take Nagelsmann, Upamakano, and now Lima for maybe the main challenger for the titles. I can't understand that. I, I have, It's hard for me to find arguments in terms of players that is the the options they do have and the players have also the chance that ask some of the Dortmund goalkeepers when they came back from summer holiday and were told that they were sitting in the stands so it goes both ways in terms of the rights of the players so Leimer is just using his right is his moral good boo is his moral good to fire a, 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 or sell a player so I think that is okay I, I'm, I'm more worried for the brand of German football so but if you if you like though, I mean, uh, maybe you can't send it to Bayern. Maybe because of the extra money you're going to get compared to Leipzig. Maybe because at his age, and there's Nagelsmann, of course, there already. But maybe you say, okay, I can't send. I can't. You can't refuse Bayern. I don't know. Right. But you already have Sabitzer, who has done the same as you, and hasn't yeah. hasn't worked out. Kimmich and Goretzka look pretty strong. You can play Musiala a bit deeper as well. 
So if you're Lima, you're going there. You know, you're not going to be stuck. I mean, you might. I think stop. you need another body there. I think you need another no, no, body no, no, there. No, I think they're light. I'm not saying from Bayern' point of view. Well, from, Lima's from, from Lima's point of view, is he is going there really wise? I think he's going. How many yeah. games is he going to play? He wins silverware, makes money, and gets to say he played for Bayern. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think but as far as neutrals are concerned, the fact that it's Leipzig who are losing out here yeah, no, means sure. it's not going to be such for a big sure. deal because, let's face it, nobody in their right mind likes Leipzig, unless you're from Leipzig, I, I suppose. Oh. Or, or you oh. work for oh. Oh. But yeah, in this business, the analogy you made with what if Manchester United had picked off all the best players from Liverpool and Arsenal and City over the years? Maybe we'll get that because obviously, as you know, Manchester United are, are up for sale. And obviously, there's been reports that uh, a major sovereign wealth fund, in fact, I believe the biggest or second biggest sovereign wealth fund in no, the world, is going to take over the club. Yeah, and don't listen to And me. as as part of, of, of a, you could call it sports washing. I don't know that they have much to wash up there. Yeah. And put you into, is that true that, that Norway's sovereign wealth fund is yeah. one of the two or three biggest in the world? No. Yeah, he's nodding. And it's true that they're going to buy Manchester United. But, but Gab, that is funny because I, I asked, and Norway is a bit smaller, and I asked once our prime minister, I said, why can't we use the money to buy some English Premier League clubs? And he was not sure that I was joking. But it's interesting. That, I mean, two of the biggest clubs up for sale, but I'm not sure that Norway will prioritize that with the prices and energy crisis we have in Norway. Can you imagine Norway have an energy crisis with all the oil gas we're having? But that's another, that is another podcast. <laughs> but, but, but surely a sovereign wealth fund buying a football club would be great business. Otherwise, great. I mean, yeah. Qatar and Abu Dhabi and, and the, they, wouldn't Arabia, be, wouldn't they wouldn't do it, right? Just when you yeah. the good news is Sadio Mane back running, not training yeah. yet, running. I think he might be short for the first leg of the PSG game uh, on February 14th, but Probably for the second leg, he might be back. So at least that's good news for Bayern. Yeah, and not so good news for Paris Saint-Germain. Jan, as ever, an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. Pleasure, boys. I'll beat us in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Genug Bayern, how about some quick hits instead? Let's go, guys. Manchester United beat Nottingham Forest 3-0 away in the first leg of the League Cup semifinal. Jules, 10 goals in 10 games for the incomparable Marcus Rashford. Yeah, really impressive performance again, impressive goal. I mean, if you haven't seen it, he takes the ball in his own half and then it's a Kylian Mbappé-esque kind of goal, a Vinicius Jr. kind of goal. Wait, 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 when he goes go sideways, like through, makes himself really thin and goes right through to the Yeah, and even if he gets a little bit of luck, <laughs> the ball kind of bounces back and into his feet but then the finish with his left foot is great and it's just it's just on so much confidence and so much momentum at the moment that I think he's unplayed he's, he's hard to stop and against Arsenal he could have had a second goal again on a on a you know on a solo kind of run and he's he's brilliant and I, I just think that he's always been so talented I think I don't want to blame anyone but previous managers at United Almost, almost destroyed his confidence, destroyed the players that he was. And now I'm glad that he's back at this level because he was always, you know, one of those super talented superstars in European football in general. 
This is where we expected him to be if he hadn't yeah. had that dip between injuries and, and some pressure from the media yeah, off the pitch yeah. or some of yeah, his, yeah. his yeah. stances. Yeah, for sure. Lazio destroyed Milan 4 0. Yeah, that's right. 4 0. Gab, two points in the last five games for Milan out of the Coppa d'Italia, losing the Super Cup final as well against Inter. Are the wheels coming off? And how about some love then from Mauricio Sarri and that great win, great performance too. A tremendous performance and tremendous really performance good. with no Chiro Immobile as well. Yeah, Let's yeah, not forget, this yeah, is literally yeah. like the yeah, guy Pedro, who scores all the goals for them. Pedro right? is playing like the best football of his life. <laughs> Little Pedrito going yeah. strong at what, like 46 oh, or however yeah, old he is. Um, look, this was a game where they we saw Sarri ball at its finest mm. with, you know, the, the short passing and, and the quickness and... Milan looked lethargic. Kalulu not good again. Tomori coming Tomori, off injured. Yeah. Um, that front three, he changed all of them at the hour mark. Mm. And the guys who came on, he didn't mean, make much of a difference. That's right. I, you know, they had a chance to make it 2-1 and maybe reopen the game. But they were so bad in that first hour yeah. that it didn't reflect the, the performance. It's also true, and Milan people will tell you that, hey, look, we only have a couple points fewer than we did at this stage last year. It's not our fault. Napoli's making everybody look bad. And you can say, yes, that's fine. But yeah. I can also use my eyes to look at your performances and say you were playing a lot better yeah. last year and I earlier agree. in the season. Yeah. In the other League Cup semifinal, Joe Linton Ooh. fires Newcastle to an away win over Southampton. Jules, they also look like they're ready to book their place at Wembley for an Epic Newcastle-Manchester United final. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Trellington with a huge miss as well. One of the misses of the season before scoring the, the winner. Now they, they, they go in the second leg is at St. James's Park next week. So, I mean, Southampton can do it or can, can, can turn things around, of course. But they can't turn things around. You know why? Right. Eddie Pope doesn't concede. He, Eddie Pope, Eddie sorry. Pope. <laughs> Nick Pope, <laughs> sorry. brother. Nick Pope doesn't concede, doesn't concede goals. 16 hours or 19 hours, whatever it is. Uh, it will be the first final... Uh, for Newcastle since 1999 in the FA Cup final they lost against United their first League Cup final Wait. since 1976 that they also lost the first the Cup final this millennium for Newcastle United yeah. and they haven't won one since 55 which was the FA Cup I so hey good luck to them and to the uh, Newcastle fans Borussia Dortmund win away to Mainz 2-1 and for the second time in four days second game in a row is Joe Reyna Scoring the winner in the dying minutes as well. Yes, Gio with a buzzer-beating three-pointer. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like This is what's fantastic about football, right? I mean, this wasn't a great goal like the one he scored at the weekend. This is more about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Obviously, they all count. But the broader story to me is what's happened to this guy since the World Cup, since the controversy with with his mom yeah. and Greg Berhalter, since a lot of that, that ugliness... For whatever reason, he's, I don't know that he's, I don't think he's fully fit, to be honest. No, still. he came on again. Um, he didn't once again, again. off yeah, the bench. Yeah. Uh, but this is what builds confidence. This is what puts yeah. you in that psychology, in that frame of mind. And I think if you're a fan of, of, of the US or indeed uh, Borussia Dortmund, this is where you want Joe Reyna to be right now. Definitely. Now it's about getting to work, getting to the starting lineup and influence games. And yeah. Do what we all think you can do. Yeah, and Sebastian Aller with the um, the assist. I mean, it's a, it's a corner and he heads it into the path of Joe Reyna, who then has a tap-in pretty much. And Aller gave an interview to L'Equipe this week about the the, the chemotherapy, the cancer. And it was it was an incredible, really incredible interview, if you can find it. Talking about, you know, he's got three children and how they didn't want to tell her, tell them. His wife was on holidays when he found out. All of that, what he went through and had to see him happy again on the pitch and being decisive 
you know, decisive, of course, for Dortmund, but just playing full stop yeah. is, is amazing. So. Definitely an inspirational uh, yeah. story. And by the way, uh, testicular cancer, if uh, you happen to have that kind of plumbing, if you are, uh, if you're a man, uh, it is something to take seriously. So please have yourself checked. Uh, talk about it with your doctor. Make sure everything is the way it is. Guzman Dembélé scores the only goal as Barcelona beat Real Sociedad 1-0. Jules, this was close. Yeah. And La Real were down to 10 men for, for more than a half. Yeah, and Bras they hit the woodwork. Yeah, Bras Mendes got sent off, uh, and rightly so. The, the car changed from yellow to red after his tackle on, on Busquets. The stamp, I think, the is stamp, a technical yeah. term. Uh, I, I thought Barcelona played really well, I have to say, and it should not have been close. But it was close, and Testigan had to make two good, big saves. One... Uh, on his own mistake because his, his his pass was bad and then one right at the end on literally one of the last kicks of the game and it shouldn't have been like that because I think Barcelona had chances plenty of chances Dembele was outstanding I have to say this is one of the best games I've seen him play for Barcelona and, and his goal just rewarded him with a great performance. You're not going to be the critic Ramiro near post blah yeah, blah Yeah but he's so strong I, I don't think Ramiro expect the ball to be No he's expecting like a pass at Lewandowski to do his job Yeah but so I think, you know, yeah, maybe Ramiro, who's he's not very good, let's be honest. Uh, but but I still think that Dembele is playing great football. And and that was the formation that we saw against Real Madrid in the Super, yeah. Super Cup that worked really well with Gavi, Pedri, Busquets and Frankie. And I, I just I just like I like that formation. I like the way they play when they're like that. This is the good formation. I think yeah, you exactly. File it as. This was way back on Monday night, uh, but Tottenham got a big three points away at Fulham and Harry Kane scored the only goal, Gab, which means that also that was important after back-to-back -back defeats, of course, but it means that Kane equaled Jimmy Greaves uh, as the club's all-time top goal scorer, or did he? Okay, this is really, 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 really stupid. It okay? is. It's it should not be, should it? So basically what happened is, I think it's 266 goals. Uh, okay, look, yeah. Jimmy Greaves did it in fewer games. Yeah. It was a different era back then. Jimmy Greaves, I think, one of England's greatest ever center forwards. Yeah. Um, so it's not really about comparison. Like Kane will score more goals than Jimmy yeah, Greaves, who also moved around and played for different clubs in his career. Unlike Kane thus far, except for on loan when he was younger. But I digress. Well, all this boils down to the fact that Jimmy Greaves scored two goals in the 1962 Charity Shield. Yeah. Um, in 2014, the Premier League decided, or the FA decided, yeah. well, nobody really takes the Charity Shield or Community Shield that is is now known seriously. So we're going to declassify. I don't even know they had classification for this nonsense. Whatever right. it means, declassify it. It's not a competitive fixture. So then, so Tottenham thought, aha, well, if the Community Shield is no longer uh, a, a competitive fixture, we're going to take two goals away from Jimmy Greaves's Total, even though it was a competitive fixture when were... he played in it. I mean, they were playing the, I presume, the FA Cup. It was a year after they did the double, yeah. I think, under Bill Nicholson. So they played, I presume, the team that finished second yeah. uh, in, in England at the time, which is presumably a good team. Yeah. So I don't know why you should take this away. I don't know why you should create a controversy about this. If Kane doesn't break it this week, he'll break it next, next week. week or this month. He will score two more goals for Tottenham. I guarantee you that. If he doesn't do it, I'm going to dye my hair purple, okay? I would like this to is my that. pledge. I so know, but like, why, why United count Rooney's goal in the Community Shield in Lampard and Chelsea but, do the same. But what I'm why saying is... Spurs not doing the same with, with Greaves? I don't, I don't know. It's so unnecessary for it's Spurs. It's really stupid. So unnecessary. It's stupid. 
Sticking with Spurs, Arnaut Danjuma is on his way on loan from Villarreal. Jules, does this move the needle for Conte? My dream, Gab, is that Conte plays Kulusevski, Danjuma, Richarlison, Kane and Son all together. Find a way, I don't care. And Perisic. And Perisic if you want to. Um, sorry, Spurs fans, it's not going to happen as much as we would love it to happen. So, it's another body, yeah, it's another option going forward. Does it mean maybe we see a little bit less of Holman Son, who's maybe, been having a nightmare? Maybe, as you right. said, he hasn't been good. But when everybody's fit, that means there will be at least two of those, well, one of those fives for sure, probably two of those fives unhappy on the bench as well. Well, then Juma can be unhappy all he likes. He's only on loan, right? So, I know, but you don't. Yeah, but you don't. You still don't sign him and pay all his wages to like keep all his massive unhappy. wages of Villarreal. Yeah, no, he probably makes less than Jet Spence. It doesn't matter. But why would you sign him if you don't want to play him? You don't, you don't sign you him need to play insurance. ten minutes. I don't know. I he doesn't want to really bring good, on Brian Hill. He's a really good player. He's a really good player, but yeah. Brian Hill played because nobody else was exactly. Fit. So let's see what Conte does. Also back on Monday, Gab, Inter lost to Empoli and they won the kid Tommaso Baldanzi as my boy Milan Skriniar gets sent off for the first time since playing for Inter. And, you know, I mean, with second yellow, he could have been a straight red, by the way. He almost chopped his head off. <laughs> no. uh, that makes Napoli's week perfect, right? Between Milan and Inter? Like, and I mean, Juventus? Yeah, Juventus minus 15, yeah. Milan zero, Inter zero. You couldn't be any any happier if you're if you're Napoli. This guy Baldanzi, everybody's excited about him. I got to say, nice goal, but my boy Onana, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Ball sneaking under you. He's yeah. not going to be happy with that. Frank Lampard Jr. has been sacked as manager of Everton. Nice. Uh, unexpected, Jules. Yep. Um, everybody from Marcelo Bielsa to Sean Dyche has been linked with a job. It's making my head hurt. I also <laughs> don't understand how it's possible that you're considering Sean Dyche, who has one view of football, yep. and Marcelo Bielsa, who has the total opposite view. Completely. Ralph Hassan Hutzel. I mean, you name you name uh, Marcelo Pochettino. I mean, they tried to speak to everybody. They spoke to some. Uh, Bielsa was funny because he said, mm, you know, give me some guarantees <laughs> before. I can even think because uh, right now the squad doesn't really fit what I want to do. At least he's honest. Yeah, he's not just coming that, there for taking a paycheck and then yeah. yeah. So they said that by Friday they would announce the new uh, the new head coach. So let's see. If Why they, not Duncan Ferguson? Because he's gone to Forest Green Rovers. So Why not come, come back? Yeah, come back. Yeah, Stevie Nichol was quite keen on on, on Big Dunk. <laughs> I thought it was just taking me. over. I'm not sure Big Dunk is the answer, but I'm not sure any of the others are the answer as well. So hey, let's see. Let's see where they go. FIFA's global transfer report is out today, Gab, which is your favorite thing of the year. Usually, 6.5 billion dollars was spent in on transfers in 2022. That's a lot of money. Uh, more than the last two years, but not quite a record, though. Actually, my favorite thing isn't FIFA's Global Transit Report. It's UEFA's annual benchmarking yeah, sorry, report, which sorry. comes out in January. It's like a second Christmas. I know, story. yeah, those two. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's not quite a record. And, you know, people talk about, oh, transfer fees are going up in perpetuity, blah, blah, blah. We're out of the crisis. And yet, this is less than what they spent in 2018. Now, it could be a year or whatever. Yep. It could be certain clubs are missing. Obviously, the Premier League spent a lot. But, guys, we're kind of taking for granted the way that football's all going to go one way or whatever. I don't know that that's quite the case. The other fun fact, Jules, guess which country signed the most players, had the most incoming players in Italy. Europe? 
Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, wow. because they worked out. Oh, let's just keep somebody here. Let's have him score a bunch of goals against Passos de Ferreira or whatever. <laughs> and then we go. We, <laughs> exactly. Then we go. We sell him to the Premier League. Jules, how about Paris Saint-Germain who beat Ben de Cassel in the French Cup 7-0? Was it necessary yeah. to score that much, right? Ruthless, they were. Kylian Mbappe had five and yeah. he's getting closer to Edinson Cavani's record. Yeah, first ever player in PSG history to score five goals in, in an official competitive game. PSG's so, long 53-year history. Yeah? I know, but still, 52 it, still it matters. It doesn't matter. He was the captain as well for the first time, uh, which is very significant to him, which made President Kimpembe not so happy because then... Uh, we're going to get to all that. Ga yeah, Galtier was saying, like, oh, he's the yeah, vice captain yeah. now uh, when Marquinhos is not playing. But yeah, he's on 196 goals and Cavani, obviously, the record is 200. Weston McKinney has an agreement in principle with Leeds United. How close are Juventus to sell him? Um, I think Juventus are, are ready to let him go. It's not because, you know, McKinney has done has done better. Obviously, he had a difficult time at the start of the year. He also had injuries and whatever else. But now, all of a sudden, um, they've discovered younger players in uh, in, in Miretti uh, and, and, of course, uh, Nicola Fagioli. And they say, all right, and they need money coming in after the yeah. losses they made. And they say, all right, you know, we can get him in. Now, I'm told Juve wants 35 million euros. Leeds haven't quite gone that high i think it's a great opportunity for mckinney not just because tyler adams is yeah. there and and these other american players and an american coach which is how people look at it but it's more because i think the premier league suits him yeah i thought he was on to something i think he could have contributed to juventus more than than he had a chance to contribute and some of it is is down to him but turn the page play in a different league with a manager who knows you why not yeah. i i think it's a good move all around yeah i agree Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Arsenal and Borussia Dortmund are reportedly locked in a struggle to sign Valladolid right back Ivan Fresneda. Yeah. Jules, he's 18 years old. He has started just eight more Liga games than you have. Yeah. I have to say, I saw this dude, babies, because Valladolid aren't very good. I saw, I watched two entire Valladolid games, and in one he was okay, and in the other one he wasn't good, although Valladolid weren't good. Um, are we getting a little bit carried away? What do they see? No, I don't think so. I think he's got big potential. And again, he's 18. So he's similar with Malogusto, uh, who's 19. Who's, We're going to get to him. We're yeah, going to get to him. No, but in the sense that, you know, those young players, I think there's the potential and maybe some underlying stat that you look at and, and what you see with the eye, of course. But you can see, I think there's, there's, there's great potential there for him to, be, to become very good. Right now, is, is, is he better than White or Tomiyasu? Is he ready to play against Rashford? No, I, of course not. Look, I, I don't think there's any, as you know, as I like to repeat from what my, my wise private equity friend says, like, uh, there's no bad assets. There's just badly priced assets. So if you can get... So if 30 you can million get a, euros, this is really close. 30 million. You don't pay 30 zero. million. No, but I think costs. right now they're talking around the 15 million mark, 1.5. 15 million, if you really like him, if you think he's going to become a starter for you, yeah, of course. Um, then you consider it and then you try to persuade him. But I don't know. I just think people seem to, to enjoy throwing these money, this money around. And, and these There's guys not many good right backs, you know, are there, especially young. And look at Hakimi. 
You know, Real Madrid never, play, never played him. In the end, you move and you go on loan or you sign for a low fee first and then you become an asset that is right. worth 40, 50 million. I don't he know, becomes a key insurer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Barcelona are flying high in the league, as we mentioned earlier, and in the Copa del Rey, but they can't register Gavi's new contract, Gab, which means he can't change his shirt number from 30 that he has now to the number six that he would like. Okay, so first of all, uh, despite all the man with the levers, yeah, the levers. Uh, they still have restrictions here. So um, essentially, it's not like Gavi's leaving. He still has a long-term contract. Yeah. But basically, it's a contract with the pay rise in it, which would make him, uh, I guess, a, a full professional. They can't register that yet. Um, I think they're trying to shed another contract between now and... Uh, and the end of the transfer window, I, I think it just goes to show how Barcelona still slightly yeah, teetering even Memphis here. Memphis leaving, they still can't I, register just Gavi. You know, I, I think I think they need to get money in, yeah. and now we'll see if if, if that happens. Um, this thing with the shirt numbers is so stupid. I said, I'm sorry. I said the same thing about the French league when Donnarumma came. Oh, the numbers have to be consecutive and all this nonsense. Why can't he wear number six? What? 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 Why? What kind of sad? You gray can't change halfway through the season bureaucrat. unless no, but he can change it. Yeah, but if, if he, there's a new contract, if like, he signs a new contract, right? But you reg you are registered under the number. Uh huh. So Rana is registered under number thirty. He can't just change to number six if if there's not another registration. But there will be another registration. You know it. Like why these I know, rules? But why it's so <laughs> stupid? No, but I mean, I, it just makes no sense to me. Just what? think about all those small kids from Barcelona who bought the number thirty shirt, who now would have to buy the number six shirt with Gavi at the back. Okay, listen. They can do that in the okay, summer. All right, all right, listen. All right, first of all, small kids. Uh, I'm pretty sure, unless they're child actors, they're probably or drug dealers. <laughs> they're probably don't not buying it with their own their money. Parents, their parents. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Okay, like, so like wearing my Laporta hat, good. They can go and buy a new number six <laughs> shirt after he changes it, and then Barcelona have, will have enough money to go and <laughs> oh, register Gavi. Oh More teenage right backs. Woo! Chelsea are aggressively pursuing Leon's Malo Gusto. I'm going to avoid making bad taste jokes. Uh, Jules, he's 19. And he's had 18 months as a starter. There's more of a record here. Yeah, 47 games he played for Lille. Uh, for Lyon, sorry. 47 games he played in Europe, he played in the league. He showed some really, really good things. Some more difficulties defensively, especially in positioning and, and awareness. Let's put it that way. Um, so let's see. Right now, Chelsea are making, they've made an offer of 20 million euros last night. Uh, 17 plus 3 million, I'm being told. It's nowhere near what Lyon wants. He's got 18 months left on his contract. They want closer to 40. Can you meet in the middle at 30? Like 40 bonus? million for somebody with 18 months left on his yeah. contract who's 19 years old. Yeah, but who's got great potential and a lot of clubs are looking at? Right. Who's on the verge of the French national team? So he's not, you know, you talk about Fresneda at 30, I say, okay, Gusto is different, is, is the level, the level higher up. To Fresneda, for example. I'm assuming he would be coming as insurance for maybe long-term replacement for the aging Reese James, who's all of, what, 22 years old? Yeah. All right. Just but then, so I, I, this is what I put out. I said he wants to go to Chelsea because he's already agreed personal terms, six and a half year deal. Yeah. The money is bigger than... Is he wise for his career, for Malo Gusto at 19, to go to Chelsea now? And people have said, yeah, but Reese James is, is injured all the time. He only plays like... 50% of the games every season. Which means he's going to be injured all the time forever? No, no, true. Okay. Which is a good point. Because I'm a bit worried that is that a good move for Gusto? Well, could, could that mean moving 
He's going to move, to the remember, back? remember how bold he's going to build that massive network of clubs so he's just going to move them somewhere else on loan no, if it doesn't work out I, but I don't know he's a great player and he wants to go to Chelsea Chelsea want him I don't know if it will happen they might run out, run out of time but he's a great talent why not Arsenal age. sign him since Arsenal's so keen on, on accumulating right backs you pre I think they prefer France. I think he's on the radar I think he's on the radar of a lot of teams but maybe yeah maybe the price tag is putting some clubs off I don't know UFI expanding the Nations League while reducing the numbers of qualifiers for the Euros. Is that a good idea, Gabby? I mean, so basically quarterfinals of the Nations League now, not just going straight to the semifinals. That's for the ones who are, of course, in the top yeah. league for some of the uh, lesser teams out there who might have been relegated. Yeah, uh, like England. Like England. I'm sorry, um, we had to say it. No, the implication is they're going to have another, and these are going to be home and away quarterfinals yeah. and they're going to have i guess relegation playoffs so that if you finish third you would end up facing the team that finished first no second second yeah um in the league below you like these games mean something you're playing similarly matched competition i would much rather watch that than you know watch a bunch of qualifiers the way they reform the qualifiers is actually kind of complicated the important thing that you need to know is that uh the number of qualifiers is diminishing yeah the number of nations league games is increasing, increasing. Yeah. the total number of internationals for those who hate international football is staying Stay the same. same and they still will need to get fifa approval on the yeah. calendar of course because i know it's one of the biggest stories in the world people keep forgetting the international match calendar which is the single founding document of football yeah it expires in 2024 they have to get an agreement the clock is ticking Jules, we've also had the uh, draw for yeah. the semifinals. Um, Holland will take on Croatia and Italy will face Spain. And I, I feel pretty good that. about this. Yeah, yeah, so you should. I mean, you know, De La Fuente will have two games in March to get ready for then the Nations League uh, semifinal and potentially final or third place. So it would be good to see what he does with that Spanish team. And then, you know, Mancini, of course, after missing out on the, the World Cup, sorry to remind you. Potentially another time, another trophy there, two games away. So, but the, the Holland Croatia game would be interesting because Holland as well uh, have a new um, a new head coach in the Dutch guy. Of course, <laughs> he's my Dutch guy. You wonder if I was, you know, I think in since 1950 or 1960, the Netherlands only had four head coaches, managers, because they all keep coming back. So the Dutch guys, <laughs> you know, obviously Van Gaal, all of them, they've been there twice, advocate three times, hitting three times. It's just crazy. They just give that team to the same people all the time. And, so. and by the way, speaking of the Dutch guy, it is uh, Jose Mourinho's uh, 60th birthday, birthday yeah. today. Happy birthday. And man. Jose Mourinho, of course, responsible for one of the greatest, most abusive Completely. screeds of Frank Punchlines ever. Which it's I've on tweeted, YouTube. Check it yeah, out. I've very mean. Very everywhere mean. to another of the Dutch guys uh, who is dreadful. <laughs> Gab, the two biggest supporters group of Manchester United and Liverpool are teaming up. What is this all about? So it's Manchester United Supporters Trust yeah. and... Um, uh, the spirit of Shankly. Uh, and, and these are two very big, very influential very supporters. Influential, we, yeah. We've talked in the past how like organized supporters groups in England are nowhere near as powerful as they are in Germany, for example, or indeed um, in, in some other countries. Um, so it's good that they're flexing their muscle. They're, they're teaming up. They have a list of, of requirements. They want a government regulator. Both their clubs are obviously up for sale uh, right now as well. And they want certain guarantees. Uh, about the people coming in. It's not about spending money. I, I feel like 
there is a, there's a cohort of Muppets out there who support United and Liverpool and Juventus and Real Madrid, who all they care about is spending money, winning trophies, spending money, winning trophies. This is a different sort of fan. This yeah. is a different sort of fan who just loves their club. They love yeah, to watch a club play. Trade, yeah. Obviously, they want to win, yeah. but equally, they just want their club to be well-run. They want their club to represent their values. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, because these are the fans who actually go to games rather than people hiding halfway around the world behind a keyboard. Um these guys have a lot of pull. And I think if you if you feel that there's a need for rebalancing a little bit, that we've gone a little too far on the business end, like a lot of people feel, like Gary Neville, for example, yeah. I think you welcome this. And it shows you the two bitter rivals like United and Liverpool can actually work together. Yeah. Leipzig destroys Schalke 6-1. Jules, yeah. the gap with Bayern is four points. And to be fair to producer Freddie, we get very angry to mention this. <laughs> It's actually Union Berlin who are second and yeah. three points back. Do we have a title race on our hands? I think so, Gab, because then five points behind Bayern, you also have Freiburg and Dortmund and and uh, and Frankfurt as well there. So five points, four points behind, three points. I don't think we've had so many sort of teams in that kind of bracket behind Bayern. Bayern have a much better goal difference, for example, I know. But... You know, they lose to Frankfurt, for example, at the weekend, a game that we mentioned before with Jan, and then the others win, and then suddenly it's even closer. You put pressure on. Bayern will have the Champions League to, to also think about. So mm. let's just hope. But every time we got our, 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 our hopes high in the Bundesliga, then they're going to smash Frankfurt 4-0. Everybody else is going to draw, draw points, including Dortmund, which they usually do. And then we're going to go, okay, now the gap is seven points. So, like, you know, what are you going to do? Kind of so, thing. basically, Bundesliga is channeling its inner um, Princess Leia and saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kolomwani. You're my only hope. Oh, ah, beautiful, beautiful. Nicolo Zagnolo's future Roma remains uncertain, Gabby. But if he does move, Jose Mourinho has reportedly been offered Hakim Ziyech. Is that a good solution to replace him? So before I get to Ziyech, I wanted to point out that um, the Daniel has been linked with Milan. There's also uh, an offer from Bournemouth, apparently, on the table. Um, I suppose we're interesting, but surely not after Danjuma now. You can't go and get Zaniolo, right? No, that, that wouldn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, part of the thing is clubs are saying, yeah, we'll take him on loan. Roma are saying, uh-uh, you're either going to buy him out right now so we can book the money yeah. because remember I had chickens come home to roost remember yeah. I told you all the spending, all the spending. Mourinho did yeah. um, or you take him on loan with an obligation to buy which is essentially the same thing right uh, or like an obligation to buy I think the Bournemouth one might be like you know we take him on loan and then if we uh, avoid relegation so yeah, then um, so he's got decisions to make uh, as for Hakim Ziyech the issue is the same one, and, and people always underestimate. Remember the long contracts? They're like, yeah. oh, look, isn't Todd Bowley brilliant? The long contracts, it can work out brilliantly, or it can also hurt you. Because the problem with Hakim Ziyech is dude's not going to take a pay cut. The wages right? are huge, yeah. He's got enough years left on his contract. He doesn't need to yeah. do that. And so you end up, essentially, you still carry his amortization on your books if you send him on loan. You still have to subsidize his wages like you're doing with Lukaku. Like, you're not really solving the issue. He's pushing 30. Nobody's going to buy him unless he gets, you know, uh, uh, unless he gets like a big chunk yeah. of playing time and can show he's his eye of old. So um, I think he, he would help Roma, yeah, because there's a good player in there. Um, but it's not easy for Chelsea to shift these guys. No, definitely. Until Boli buys his 10 clubs around Europe. And yeah, and Roma, including Roma. Including, including <laughs> Roma, possibly. Why not? 
Gabriel Jesus' return date is getting closer, Julius. Yes. Maybe it was the right choice not to sign a center forward in January. Maybe I should stand corrected. Maybe, maybe was, maybe it was, Gab. I mean, certainly Eddie Nketiah is doing an amazing job uh, right. while replacing Gabriel Jesus. Six goals in six starts, I think it is. Look at, against United. Well, you're not happy with Eddie Nketiah's? What, what more do you want him to do? No, I, I, I think he's done a good job. He surpassed expectations and he shows too that, you know, when facts change, opinions game. Because remember, this is the same Eddie Nketiah you know, Arsenal saw him up close for a long time, and it took them forever to offer him a new contract, yeah, right? Yeah. So they weren't no, sure that... themselves. So I think all we can do is credit Eddie Nketiah, former Chelsea player, by the yeah, way. Yeah, of course. Um, for, for taking his chance. No, true, but you were a bit it. harsh when you, like, rolled your eyes when I said that he's done a good job. Like, yeah, you did a good job. You said job. amazing it, job. It is. Why is you on? I mean, the Let's leave the amazings United. for, for, for well, Robert Lewandowski. I don't think Gabriel Jesus will be back, for example, on February 15th against City in the yeah. league at the Emirates. So I think, and Ketia, Eddie, you've got more games now to prove Gab's wrong and to change <laughs> his mind that you're going to... You, Who's going to finish the season with more goals, Eddie and Ketia or Gabriel Jesus? I mean, oh, that's it, the reason one. I point this out is I think Arsenal are going to win the title. And I think, and I love exploding stupid st mayor's stereotypes. Yeah. And all those ex-players and fans and our colleagues in the media go on, well, you need a 20-goal-a-season striker yeah. to win anything, they blah, won't blah, have blah. This season. What? They won't have that this season. Nah, it, they most teams four don't players have that 10. most seasons, right? Yeah. I mean, City didn't have that, you know, after Guerrero got injured the last couple of years before Holland came. Uh, City didn't have that. No. They still won the league, right? Yeah. Can we just stop saying these stupid things? That's true. That's true. Kazan, we're due to hold the 2023 European Super Cup game, but now UEFA have stripped them and awarded it to Athens instead. Gap makes sense, right? Right, it makes sense. It was inevitable. They're, they're, they're like still under sanction. Yeah. The countries, uh, depending on your viewpoint, either at war or conducting a special military operation in the Ukraine. Yep. I'm sorry, when you, until you do that and the world has sanctions against them, you don't get to host UEFA Super Cup games. Yep. I have been to Kazan, by the way. Me uh, too. It's a nice city. It's a bit yep. of a trippy place in the middle because Sorry, this is this. Is, I, I I geek out over time zones. Kazan is in. I think it's in the same time zone as Moscow, but it's not supposed to be based at where is where it is on the map. <laughs> so like you've got daylight at weird hours and stuff yeah, like that in the middle that, of summer. Yeah, yeah, very odd. Yeah, but uh, not in. Not a bad place. Lovely place, in fact. Anthony Gordon remains a figure of hate among many Everton fans, and he's linked with a move to Newcastle. Jules, do, do Newcastle need him? I I think they can do with a wide player, especially if Alan Maximan uh, leaves the club. He hasn't played much, so you had Joel Linton playing. One on the left, you had Joe Willock, for example, playing there with well, with Amiron on the right. I think Gordon on the left-hand side, again, depending on how much you spend on him, he's a good young player. Not so much this season because he's hardly played, and, and when he did play, it was not very good. But I think he showed last season that there's potential there. Uh, but, I, you know, he, he sort I of sucked back. off the last two training training sessions. I don't like that kind of attitude. You know, he wants to move. He doesn't turn up for training. It's not looking yeah, good. Yeah, and by the way, all those Everton fans who got killed in the media for, like, giving him a hard time. I know this was before, but, like, what, what I would do with this guy is, obviously, again, make sure you get the price right. Yeah. But you have to be very confident because he's a young player. What he's been through psychologically, it's a trauma as a guy who, you know, came through the ranks at, uh, at Everton, yeah. who's been playing yeah, for all this. You insert somebody who's been through that. Some people respond, oh, Newcastle's a new team, fans, great, great team, and slot in straight away. 
for others, it takes them a really, really long time. Yeah, so that's you true. really have to do your homework. I don't know what's right or wrong, but certainly that should be top of Newcastle's list if they're going to consider this. Yeah. Having been signed by Antwerp, Rajana Ingolan is on his way to join his old buddy, Daniele De Rossi, as pal. Gab, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? I what think, could go wrong? I think De Rossi's won one game since yeah. uh, taking over. Um, his first job as well. Yeah, uh, I love the romance of the ninja coming back. I also remind everybody that at Antwerp, uh, Nangolan got uh, one of the reasons he was let go in addition to some partying uh, yeah. was the fact that he's vaping on the bench. On the bench, I, that's right. You know. <laughs> I mean, come I, on. If the good ninja shows up, the ninja of 10 years ago. But is there any good ninja anymore? Like, really? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll regain his mojo. You know, maybe, maybe, fine, maybe the De Rossi's beard will persuade him. I don't know. <laughs> Tottenham inch closer to securing Pedro Porro from sporting. We've talked about this before. This is yeah. a good move, yes? Yeah, it's a good move. I mean, again, my dream, like for the uh, forwards, my dream is for Antonio Conte to play Doherty, Jed Spence, Emerson Royal, and Pedro Porro all together. It's not going to happen, Spurs fan, either. I was only joking. I mean... Four right-backs. Oh, yeah, but you always you said, there's no right-backs around, you said earlier. There's no. Pedro is a right-wing-back to start with, not right-back. Uh, and and he's great, but his release was is 45 million euros right now. And Spurs are trying to lower that down and get the deal done for 35 but my, so which is great. I think he's a very talented player. He would he would do well there. And but when are you moving the others out? Because what's the point of signing Porro and then having still the other three in your squad? Well, do you I know think, what I mean? Like I you think, don't just. I think Doherty's another... country contract is is winding down. I think he has eighteen months left. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I don't think he's difficult to move. A lot of people like him. If that's the guy you want to lo- move. Emerson's going to be a little bit tougher unless you want to take a, a, a well, loss and Jet Spence goes alone. You, yeah, but you, you spent 10 million on him last summer. And remember what Conte said for? about Jet Spence. It's he was a signing. club signing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm but bad. I want to say this about Potter, right? Potter's 23, right? Yeah. He's got the Manchester City pedigree. He's played in the Champions League. Yeah, no, he's, got, he's got a long resume, right? Yeah. Um, and that's 35 million. Yeah. Malagusto, who's it's it's not like Malagusto's ten years old, right? He's four years younger, or even more so yeah. Fresneda, right? Who's, who's just five yeah, years yeah. younger, right? We're talking about similar amounts of money or, or comparable amounts yeah. of money, just That's about for true. people with with absolutely no resume relative to yeah. relative to Porto. Yeah, yeah. So it's no, 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 no. It, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting how how how, how football's changing that way. Yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com how about a blast from the past, guy? I mean, I, I can't believe you put this quickie in it. Federico Maqueda, remember him? Yeah, yeah, that guy from Manchester United all the years ago. Joins Apoel from Ankara Guchu. That remarkable debut I mentioned from Manchester United was 14 years ago. Gab, come on. Just go on YouTube. I, I oh bet you he God. has Why is he even... He goes to Apoel. Why is he not quick hits? 17... Because it's Manchester United. 17 years old. I still remember the turn, you know. Oh, my ball. God. That, and like you figure like, oh my God, he's going to do this okay, every week. Okay, what happened then? Tell he's going to do this every week. What happened then? Was he never good enough? But he had those incredible moments for I those think, two games? I think he looked very... I think he was very highly rated as a youngster because he developed 
quicker than others. It sometimes yeah. happens. So yeah, yeah. he was bigger and stronger. He had this amazing vit debut. You know, to this day, only he knows when he does the little flick for the turn, yeah. whether to what degree he meant that, to yeah, what degree yeah. it fell for him. Um, you know, the, the reality is stuff off the pitch. Sometimes things don't pan out. Sometimes people look great at 17 and have the best of debuts. Look, contrast Makeda and contrast Rashford, right? Rashford, Rashford too, when he made his debut under, under Van Hal, you know, unless you're like a United youth team nerd, you weren't like, whoa, it's Rashford, right? And then he gets chucked in and he had such an amazing yeah, spell, amazing. right? Yeah, As a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things go in different directions. It's football. I think what it means Rashford is... Rashford is more talented than... Well, there's no question Rashford's more talented than, than Makeda. But what I'm saying is, you know, you... A lot of people are talented. And then you have to follow it up. Yeah. And just because you explode it's at 17 or 18 or 19, you know, you got to stay fit. You got to... You, you have to keep working to improve and stuff. You will have ups and downs and... This guy had a lot of ups and downs and yeah. <laughs> not the player people thought he was. Your boy, Christophe Galtier, we did touch upon this earlier. Yeah. Has, and I know, this is so stupid. Like, I, I slaughtered United when they created, the, when Mourinho created the vice captain position for yeah, Pogba, Pogba, just so he could take yeah. it away. <laughs> I, I don't even know what this is, but whatever. Uh, Kylian Mbappe is now the, vi the vice captain. Uh, Marquinhos, of course, is the captain. So President Kimpembe used to be the vice captain. I just discovered. Yeah. So well, what what's going on here? I mean, well, why does Galtier need to suck up to Mbappe? I don't know what Galtier. So Galtier gave him the armband for that cup game against Pete Cassette, right? Where was Marquet? Where Marquinhos? Marquinhos was rested. Kimpembe is still kind of injured right. on his way back, and Verratti as well. So Mbappe was the captain so far this season. When Marquinhos was not playing, Kimpembe was captain twice or three times, and Verratti was captain once. Never Kylian, certainly not at the start of the game. Um, so the armband is on Mbappe. Obviously, we asked Galchi the question, oh, you gave the armband to Kylian. And he says, yes, he's our vice captain, not one of our vice captains. He's our vice captain. So if you can remember, you go, hang on, I thought I was also one of the vice captains. And Verratti, I thought I was one of the vice captains. So now, because he created this thing, that Kimpembe, and there was reports that Kimpembe was told before that Mbappe was the new vice captain. And Kimpembe saying like, no one never said to me anything about this. I never heard anything about vice captains, armband. So now Gatti has been like backtracking. I said, okay, no. What I meant was Kylian is one of the vice captains now with Marco, with Presnel. Everybody's happy. Everybody is now. What about the guy who captained his country to win the World Cup? That guy's not a vice captain, yeah? Like who? Lionel Messi, maybe? Oh, uh, sorry. I was, I was, I was thinking <laughs> French. Like, you know, but like, uh, yeah, no, not even in the conversation. Neither Neymar. No, neither. I just. But I think there was always an idea that, you know, in the this new contract so for Mbappe, that he would be the captain. Oh so. I, I think the captaincy is but, such... So, so go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say, before you said, it, you're just not helping yourself. If you're Galtier, no. just think twice before and just say like, yeah, I gave him the armband. We've got great leaders in our dressing room. Marquinhos is the captain, but then... You know, Presnel, Marco, just just like, you know, the egos. It's not you know, a little works. piece Why? of cloth that makes you a leader. And you know what? Uh, fortunately, they don't do this anymore. Um, but here in England, like being the England captain, as you know, is like a huge thing, right? As yeah, you've got club captain that sometimes doesn't even play. Uh, I remember years ago, I was a kid, and I remember like, you know, when I, I'd come here and like, 
on holiday or whatever and people were like debating like oh like you know can a goalkeeper be a captain because he's not influencing play can gary lineker captain england because he's a striker and so he's not in the middle of the pitch right i think i think it was brian robson or so like in yeah. their minds the captain had to be a I mean, central defender or a midfielder yeah. right like those are the only guys who can be captain <laughs> and and he's in this debate and on does he have the i mean they, they would say it's nonsense does he have the generosity of spirit to be a captain oh uh, what does that even mean <laughs> I, I am so happy they moved yeah. past this I, I mean, oh, they bring back memories. Xavi is another Frank Kessier. He's staying at Barcelona this transfer window. Gab, do you believe him? No, he, he's the boss, right? I mean, unless, unless you need to move him so that you can oh, you, you can give Gavi the number six shirt. That's true. Um, no, I think he should stay. I think it's especially if, if we see more of this 4-4-2 version, which I'm not sure we will because ultimately at some point somebody's got to ask, well, why did we pay for all these other freaking wind- wingers and Rafinha and Ferran yeah. Torres and, yeah. and, and, and Ansu Fati and whatever else, right? Um, so I'm not sure that <laughs> that's going to happen. But um, I think Cassie's an asset. If you, you saw too, that game like against Sociedad, those runs, remember De Jong had like two chances where like yeah. it was almost like he was like the adjunct center forward. He gets in the ball. Kessie can do that. He yeah. does it different. I'm not saying he's a natural De Jong substitute. He's a young alternative, yeah, right? He I can, he can do some of that. He yeah. can have some of those driving runs. He gives you different physicality. He's something different. So all the more so, I, I, I hope this debate ends that they keep him. The only reason you would sell him is like, oh, look, he came on a free. Yeah, so whatever exactly. we sell you know, is free money. Yeah. You know, it helps our books. But come on, man. Like, it's not fair to him and it's, it's not fair to Barcelona. No, we make them weaker. Fine. Julien Duranville. Uh, nice. is a kid who moved from Anderlecht to Borussia Dortmund for 8 million euros. Um, a lot less than Fresneda. Uh, oh, but then again, he's only 16 years old. He's 16. He hasn't made exciting it. prospects. Very so tell me about prospects. Yeah, he's a big deal. He's, uh, well, he's, he's 16, so it's a bit too early to to say. I think there's the 8.5 million euros plus 3, uh, 3.5 in, in, in add-on. So potentially it could be a big deal from Dortmund. But... The kid is a prodigy. He, he made his debut for Anderlecht in the in the Belgian Liga. Just he just turned 16. He played in the Europa Conference League this season already, and in the league, he scored goals. He's quick. He's what's his position? He's a striker, and he looked again at 16. There's there's a long way to go for him, but he looks he looks very impressive for his age again. So Dortmund, he can again, learn from the or, veteran center forward who's already there, Yusufa Makoko, for example. <laughs> <laughs> or All three years older, you know, like you know, <laughs> just eighteen months older kind of thing. But yeah, one of those that I think again, if you don't want you, so if we don't get him now, we would never be able to get him because in four, five, or even three, or four years time, he could be worth fifty or sixty. So let's see, let's just follow his progress. That's all I say. Poland have a new head coach, Gab, and it's Steve. Uh, now yeah, I got you there, that. Fernando Santos, which is interesting, Gabby, because they obviously got tired of being defensive and too defensive at the World <laughs> yeah. Cup and now they got the most conservative new manager. Hey, Fernando Santos was not conservative at the World Cup. Wasn't he was it? brave, remember? He was brave, yeah. He, he benched Cristiano and like, yeah, he okay. yeah. drew on the attacking players. Yeah, and like for the language as well. <laughs> it's weird because, you know, Fernando Santos obviously, you know, I, I don't want to say prince of darkness because he looks more like sort of the, the uncle of, or the grand yeah. uncle of, yeah. of darkness. Uh, doesn't seem to be the most extroverted, outgoing guy, but, nope. you know, in the end, you connect with players in different ways. And I think that's what he's going to be judged on. You know, when Poland get together for, the, for their first national team game, I'm guessing in March, in right? March, yeah, that's right. 
he's going to be there. He's going to look these guys in the eye. He's going to have an interpreter with him, because I would assume. And it's going to come down to whether he can connect with them and whether he can sell them. Yeah. Poland's used to having foreign coaches. Obviously, they have Ben Paulo Souza yeah, and whatever yeah, else. Yeah. I mean, it is quite progressive that way. Now, it's one thing if you've got a foreign coach to bring in you know, somebody who's, who's won a World Cup or, or has won multiple titles. And another thing when you bring in Fernando Santos. Um, but uh, it's down to him. Yeah, know, good luck to him. Look, I'm all for we being him, all but, snarky yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But let's wait until he screws it yeah. up. If he screws it up before we do <laughs> then that. Then we'll okay? criticize him. Exactly. Mexican third division side Leviathan had to get creative when their kit was <laughs> stolen recently. Oh. Jules, you're the kit expert around yeah, here. That's what right. do they do? Well, they had a game against Cafetaleros in the in the Mexican League. And as you said, Gab, the kit, which is a beautiful like turquoise with a dragon on it, kit was stolen. So they had to come up with an idea quickly. And they said, let's get the next most beautiful <laughs> kit in the world. And who's well, you? Yeah, I mean, they they rocked up with those fake intershirt from the away <laughs> kit from last season. You still had the sponsor that they kind of covered. You still had the Scudetto, like, uh, you know, um, kind of badge on it, if you want, everything. And they lost 2 nil. I don't know if that has a correlation or not. Uh, but yeah, for the, the first and, you know, last time, I would think, uh, Leviathan played in the third division, I said, of Mexican football, just with yeah. with an intersh, not even a real one. They clearly went to like a you know like a street shop somewhere where they find the the fake ones. I, I what I don't know what is the numbers the on the back because like I mean I I'm assuming I know you can buy any everything in Mexico City yeah. and and often at, at a decent price, but I'm assuming what kind of a psychopath keeps a full set of 2021-22 intershirts. <laughs> you know, with like the numbers, like, you know, n number 24. Yeah, I don't know about like, the numbers, actually, to be fair. But like, sh and surely you've got, even in the third division, you've got a second kit. Like, surely you can maybe say, maybe okay. Maybe clashed? Maybe clashed, yeah. Maybe clashed. Uh, we'll have to see. Mark Lattenberg has left Egypt just six months after being appointed head of the Egyptian refereeing committee. Gab, what happens? Uh... It's not entirely clear. What we do know is he was, he, he apparently he received threats. Uh, there's reports that he hadn't been paid. If you're wondering why Clattenburg um, is there, uh, we've seen it happen. We see it happen with different, we saw it with Howard Webb yeah, and Howard MLS. Webb, yeah, we saw course, it. Yeah. Colina going to, to different countries where, you know, they invite high profile ex referees to go and kind of help them teach the yeah, referees teach and oversee around, everything. Yeah. Here, apparently, he angered a bunch of clubs. He didn't feel safe anymore, and, and he left. I think this one's ending up in court. Yeah. All right, Jules, that brings us to an end, but never fear. We're going to be back next Monday of after course. a big weekend of, of FA Cup, which actually begins on Friday. Arsenal yeah. against Manchester City. Uh, we've got big games really all around Europe, yes. so stay tuned. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. <laughs>